What is up, middle school? It is good to be back with you for week two of Love Month. Man, this past week with all the snow, it was such a crazy week, right? That just doesn't happen here that much. Man, I mean, I don't know about you guys, my house, we got like eight and a half inches of snow. It was insane. Uh, and luckily I have a car that can kind of drive in the snow, but still pretty much me and my roommates, we were, we were completely snowed in uh, our house. We actually have a snow shovel that was just completely useless. I mean, it was basically a plow and you couldn't lift the snow. It would just fall right off and it got so heavy and the head kept falling off. I mean, so we had a bad snow shovel. Uh, I, I was texting my girlfriend and she said, why don't you just go out sledding? And we don't own a sled. We had nothing to sled on. We don't live on a hill either, but we couldn't go walk somewhere and go sledding because we couldn't drive anywhere. We didn't have a sled. We were just completely unprepared. Actually, one of my roommates basically ran out of food, uh, had to go to like an emergency store run late one night. Uh, we were just totally unprepared for the snow, even though we knew the forecast said it was coming. We just didn't have the stuff for it. Uh, and, and this is kind of just a silly example but when we're talking about Love Month, this is actually the whole reason that we're doing it. Uh, the whole reason that we are focusing for these three weeks on sex, on sexuality, on our thought process, on the boundaries, on the habits we need to have, the reason for that is that we want to be prepared, right? Now, granted, for us, being stuck in the snow is not that important. Uh, we were fine. We lived through it. It was fun, actually. But when it comes to sex and the way that we think about it and what we practice and do, it's not just fun and games. It's not just so simple. It's actually something that is deeply meaningful and really impacts our life, both now, yes, right now for you as a middle school student, but also in the future. And so spending the time to invest and learn about this now and practice these habits now will pay off both now and in the future, right? So just to recap a little bit, last week, Wyatt, uh, as, as he opened the series for us, as he taught us about uh, why it matters, why having honoring God with our sexuality matters, he, he hit a couple of big things. And first of all, God designed us as sexual beings, as sexual people. That means it's a good thing. Sex is a good thing. I know, again, we're still at the start of this. So saying sex, I'm saying it a lot. It's uncomfortable to think about, but it's a good thing. This is a good conversation. This isn't a dirty topic. This isn't something we should avoid. It is good because sex is a good thing. God designed it as a good thing. That, that's so important. Second, sex matters because it is directly connected to your relationship with Jesus. Now, it's not the only thing, but it is directly connected and it matters. It's another reason why we need to focus on this and, it, and we need to care and think about it. Also, there is grace and forgiveness when it comes to sin in areas of involving sex, but also in all areas of our life. But it feels like, again, sometimes that when we talk about sex and when we think about sex, that there's kind of this stigma or there's this, this kind of feeling that we aren't forgiven, that this is different. But no, there is forgiveness. So as we talk about this today and as we talk about this uh, next week, if you have made mistakes, if you have sinned in this area, there is grace, there is forgiveness. Always remember that as we talk about this. Uh, lastly, and finally, uh, when we talk about sex, sex is relational. So when we think about sex and our desires, and then also the boundaries and habits that we have, 
it affects us as much as it affects the people around us. And that is what we're honing in on today. That's what we're talking about today is how everyday followers of Jesus honor others with their sexuality, right? Because our goal is to honor God and honor others. So another way that we can think about this, another way that that we can talk about this is that what we're going to do is we're going to learn how we can practice today God's design for us. Even as a middle school student, right? We're talking about practicing good habits, good boundaries, a good godly way of thinking about sex today for you as a middle school student. And I understand that for you, you may have this thought thinking, this is, this is really early. I'm, I'm young. I don't have to worry about this. I know I was there too, right? I, I've been your age, believe it or not. But it's not too early, right? Like, like I've said, it affects your relationships today. And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about what you can do today. But the habits that you build and practice today will form new habits tomorrow, will form new habits after that. And it matters because if you set up unhealthy, not God-honoring, not biblically-based, Jesus-taught habits and thoughts, it can snowball, right? See that connection? It can snowball and fall out of control uh, later down the road. So that's why it's so important for us to focus on it now. Man, all right, so... Let's go way back to the beginning, right? From the very, very beginning, God actually designed us to be in relationship with others, right? Both socially, but also this is the concept of marriage. And this is literally at the very beginning of God's word. If we go all the way back to Genesis 2, we see this with Adam and Eve. They are our very first examples. They're one of the very first things that God gives us to learn about his design for us and his desires for us. Right, so when we read Genesis 2, this is verses 18 and then 21 through 24, the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So the Lord caused the man to fall asleep, or fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Now, we can sit here and we can unpack all of this, but here are the highlights, right? This is why this is so important. Again, this is one of the very first lessons that we learn from God's word from the book of Genesis is that Adam was created, God created Adam, but God also saw that Adam was alone and that he needed companionship. He needed a helper. He needed someone else. And that's where Eve comes in, right? And and that's where we see God create Eve in this story. And then finally, this is the very basis of marriage for us. One man, one woman, they leave their families and they become one, right? And so from the very, very beginning, we see that marriage was actually designed by God, and as a part of that, sex designed by God to reflect his will for us, to reflect him, to honor him, and also as a good thing for us. And so it's not that we have to be prepared for marriage tomorrow, right? If you're in sixth grade, you're not getting married tomorrow, not getting married soon. But we need 
to start thinking about this because it's in the very way that God designed us is that this is something that matters to us and it matters to him. So that's why in marriage, when we think about marriage, even though you as a middle schooler, you're not getting married tomorrow or even in in the near future, uh, that's why we need to think about it because marriage was designed by God to honor him, to reflect him, and it matters to us. It's a part of how we are designed too is with sex in mind, right? So when we think about relationships, and I don't just mean dating relationships, I mean friendships, relationships with other people, right? Uh, So we can think about friendships, we can think about dating, and we can think about marriage. We want to be prepared in any of those stages or categories uh, to think about how sex affects it, right? And and particularly, again, when I'm talking about friendships, uh, guys, talk about friendships with girls. I remember in middle school, that's where I kind of started to, to really notice my, my female friends, not my girlfriends, my female friends, and, and have friendships with them, right? And, and it's not all with the goal of dating, right? This is, you're, you're kind of reaching the age where you actually start to have regular friendships with the other gender. Ladies, the same is true for you, right? So where you are in middle school is really, for a lot of you, you may have started a few years ago, you may be starting just now, but you're reaching a point where you start to notice the other gender and realize that, hey, yes, the boys do smell. Boys, you smell. I mean it. Please, wear deodorant. But you notice beyond just, they, they're not just gross and icky and annoying. They actually are cool people that I'd want to be a friend with, right? We're starting in that phase. And this is actually one of the best ways that you can start to practice a godly ethic, a godly way of thinking about sex, right? Now, again, I want to be very, very clear. I'm not saying think about sex with the other gender right now. What I'm saying is we need to think about the way that God describes how we're supposed to have relationships, the boundaries that he sets, the things that are honoring to him. And this is what we're going to break down is how can we have those with people of the other gender so that later on down the road, when you do find the person that you want to marry, you have practiced, you've built healthy habits, you've built healthy boundaries so that when you enter into a stage where you're preparing for marriage, you can actually have the foundation laid to have healthy habits for that relationship. I hope that makes sense. So let's talk about the very first foundation that we can lay, right? Very first one is create boundaries, right? And and there's very obvious reasons for this, right? We see in Genesis that God designed marriage between a husband and wife, and that's where sex comes in, is between a husband and wife. This is said again and very strongly put in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 4. It says, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. That's talking about sex. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Right? That is why boundaries are so important. It's laid out very clearly here, is that by violating a clear boundary that God has set, that sex is between a married couple, that is the only place that it belongs. And that's not what we see in the world, and that's not what we're taught from other places. But because that's the place where it's laid out and it's protected by that, God will judge and God will protect that. So it's important that we first recognize that very 
clear boundary. I hope that's not controversial to you. You've probably heard that. If you've been around church for any amount of time, you've probably heard something along the lines of sex is between a married man and woman, right? But if that's our very first boundary, how, how do we start to break this down into things that we can practice today, right? We want to go beyond simply just the idea of we need to avoid sex. Uh, while that's kind of true, it's also kind of impossible, right? So how do we start this? Where, where can we start? Well, I would say for very, very most simple way to start is it starts with your parents, Your parents have probably set some rules, some boundaries for you to protect you, to guide you in this. And and it starts with, are you going to listen to them in those areas or not? So for me, when I was in middle school, man, like I said, this is where I started to have friends with the opposite gender. So I had a couple of girls that were really good friends of mine. I was not dating either of them, wasn't interested in dating either of them, but my parents had set a rule that I was... It's totally fine to hang out with them, but I just had to let them know what we were doing, where we were going to be, all that kind of stuff. Good things, right? Not crazy. And what happened is uh, there was this one time I told them we were going to go see a movie. It was, I believe, Shrek 3. It's either Shrek 2 or 3. And I missed out on the opportunity of watching Shrek to instead go walk around the mall with them. And it seemed like something small, right? It didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. Uh, But what does matter is that my parents had set a rule. They had set a boundary for me with the opposite gender, right, in order to protect me. And here's what I did not see. What I didn't see is how that affected the long-term vision, the long-term rules that I would have for myself, is that I thought it was okay for me to just break this one little rule. It didn't really matter. But what it really was creating was a habit for me of deciding that, hey, rules don't really matter. I can start to do whatever I want. Do, do people really know better than me? Do these older, wiser Christians who love me, who want what's best for me, do they really know better? And that led to a ton of problems down the road for me, right? And so when your parents set rules for you, they don't just set them for the sake of setting rules. They're doing it to protect you. In the same way that God sets boundaries for us, he does it to protect us because he loves us and he knows what is best for us. So this could be a lot of different things, right? And I don't know all your parents' rules, but they could have things like, hey, can't have your laptop in your room or can't have your door shut when you have it in your room, right? That could be for your own good. It could be, hey, you don't get to be on your phone after a certain time or your phone has to charge in the living room and you may be trying to sneak it in your room. These are things, for example, that can seem harmless for one or two little things but can quickly spiral out of control to where you no longer are respecting your parents, you're no longer respecting the boundaries and it can actually affect the way that you view sex down the road. Another thing, <clears throat> when you start dating or thinking about when you start dating, you've probably heard your parents talk about boundaries in that. Sometimes, for you right now, your parents' boundary is probably, hey, you can't date. I have a really fun saying about this. Guess what? If you think that you are dating and you're in middle school, or if you're in high school for that matter, and your parents drove you to the date, that is not a date. That is a play date, okay? You're on a play date right now. You're not dating. Right? So first things first, don't break your parents' rules. If they say you can't date, 
I would encourage you, ask them why, respectfully. You're not coming from the place that you get to decide what's best for you. They do know what's best for you, but ask them why, have that conversation. Parents, I hope that, that you can lovingly engage with your student in that, right? And explain why this is for their best interest. But first of all, respect that rule. Don't date in secret, I tried it. Again, it's not dating, you're on a play date. It's, it's really silly to be doing that. And it's actually really, really harmful, again. You don't see the consequence of that right away, but by breaking the rules time and time again, you're just wearing down both your parents' trust in you and also your ability to respect these boundaries, which can keep you from very, very painful, deep sin in your future. <clears throat> Next, uh, when it comes to actually dating, I'm going to give you a chance at the end of this to talk with your parents, talk uh, with other people from your small group, Talk about what are some boundaries you could envision, you could think about having when you are in a dating relationship. What are some of the things that you think would be good? And think about those. You don't have to have them set in stone today, but it's good to think about that and practice that. And there's just a couple simple things to ask and think about when, when you're talking about boundaries. First, this desire that you have, <clears throat> whatever, whatever it may be, is the desire that you have, is it honoring to God? That's the first and foremost thing. If it's yes, that is a good thing. You may still need a boundary, right? You may still need a boundary for it, but is it honoring God? And if it's no, what does God's word say about this desire, about this thing? Is there something I can go to in God's word that can tell me, why is this bad? How is this bad? What does God want me to do with this? And what you can do then, and this is the good thing about boundaries, is you can create a goal, you can create a limit in your mind that says, hey, if I cross this line, I know I, I'm out of line. I, I know I've stepped over. I need to take a step back, evaluate. I need to either tell someone about this. This is where boundaries are really, really helpful. Now, boundaries also are not the end all be all. They don't fix everything. Because like I said, when I broke my parents' rules, it was easy for me to break my own boundaries later on. But having the boundary in the first place gives you a chance to evaluate and say, okay, so I know God's word says this. So you take what God's word says, you create something that is tangible, personal. It's not just something made up out of anything that you want, but it's something that is based in God's word. And you say, okay, I, I understand this. This is where the line is. And you don't try to get as close to that line as you can. But what it does is when you cross that line, it gives you something to evaluate off of, right? All right, so remember, again, keep saying this, but we're thinking both short-term and long-term. And one of the things is we don't wanna just talk about what to avoid, right? Because that's what boundaries are and they're good, but they're not everything. We need something that we're moving towards. We need something that we are doing proactively now so that we can have a godly view of sex, so that we can have godly habits that are in regards to sex so that when and if we reach a point where we're ready for marriage, we have that foundation, right? So what are the things that we can be doing now that you can practice now, my middle schoolers? What can you do? Well, uh, you know, I, I'm on this path with you. Uh, I hope you know I'm not married. Uh, I'm not married yet. I am dating, but I'm not married. So when I talk about this, I'm right there with you in terms of I'm practicing things now to help me get ready for that. So. There's a few things, right? We need to remember this, that you were created by God and he loves you dearly. Your friends, 
your classmates, the other people here at ASM, whoever it is in your world, they're created by God and he loves them dearly. And our main idea this week is how we can honor God and how we can honor them when it comes to sex. And so the big part of this is how do we honor others? How do we honor our view of them? How do we honor how we treat them, right? These are the big things. And so think about friendships, those relationships right now. Focus on those with the other gender. So ladies, focus on your friendships and your relationships with the guys. Guys, focus on your friendships and relationships with the ladies. How is it that you're showing godly respect to them right now? Right, first of all, are you just respectful to them in general? The way that you talk about them, the way that you treat them, the way that you think about them, would it be seen as respectful to them? That's huge. And, and what I mean, there, there's playful things, right? I get it. You know, my, my best friends and I, we love going back and forth and, and messing with each other. It's, it's not just that, but it's, you know when it crosses the line that it's no longer actually respectful to them remembering that they were created by God and that he loves them very much. Secondly, do you view them first and foremost? If you both believe that Jesus is your savior, do you view them first and foremost as your brother or sister in Christ, in that family? Think about it that way. You are thinking, you are talking, you are uh, acting upon or, or relating to God's child, right? Your brother, your sister, that's just so important. Are you thinking about them first in that way? And then also, I know what it's like, are you also just thinking about them as, is this someone I wanna date or not? Am I doing things to flirt with them so that they like me more? That is an example of an unhealthy view. And if you have that view, you need to take a step back and you probably need to go back, create some boundaries, go back to that foundation, create some boundaries to help you with that, right? And again, this is where you can practice healthy boundaries in these relationships. For example, maybe don't stay up texting someone all night. Maybe don't FaceTime crazy late. Believe it or not, the later it gets, the more tired you get, the worse decision-making you have, the worse discipline you have. It's so true. And again, take a word from the wise. I'm telling you this because I made all these mistakes. Don't do it. It's not worth it. You're not going to benefit anything positive out of, out of doing uh, these unhealthy habits, but instead what you can gain by avoiding them and instead replacing them with healthy habits is laying the foundation for you to have a healthy view of God's view of sex and healthy habits so that when you are older, when you are more mature and when you're preparing for dating and marriage, you have these foundations to fall back on. It will be so much sweeter. It will be such a stronger relationship, both with God and with your partner. It's so worth it. So this is a lot to think about. And I wanna challenge you. I wanna give you some really specific things to challenge you on. And answer this to your comfort level. Whether you're talking about this with your parents, with your small group leader, whoever it is, I encourage you to actually talk about this though. So here's the first thing. I said I wanna challenge you with boundaries. So what's a specific boundary that you can think of that you would like to set up? Whether that's in a friendship relationship, you wanna have that boundary or, or just in your personal life and time? Or if you wanna think ahead to the future, what's something that you would like to have a boundary for in a dating relationship? Again, middle school, you aren't there yet, but what is something in the future that you could have that?
Second, this is a, just a challenge to you. Why do you think it's important for you to create these boundaries now? Not why did I say it's important, but why do you think it's important? Can you see how it could affect your relationships both now and in the future? It's important that if you want to set up a boundary, why is that important? Finally, think long and hard. Do you have questions for your parents, for your leaders, maybe an older sibling? But do you have questions to someone that loves Jesus, that is older than you, more mature, has been down this road? Do you have questions that you could ask them that they could help you with? It's so important, again, to remember that this is both for now and the future, and you're not too young for this to affect your lives, both in really amazing, also really, really scary and harmful ways. So it's very important that we take it seriously, that we seek to honor God with this. Love you guys. Hope you have a great week.